0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn uh, to the book of Proverbs chapter 19, verse 16. is where we're going to start out this morning. But I want to title this message, What Will You Do With God's Gift? How many had a wonderful Christmas? Amen. It was a wonderful time and, you know, besides the presence and the gifts that were given to us, the gift of Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior is the greatest gift we could ever imagine. Amen? Ever? That could ever be for anybody in our life. But this morning I want to minister for just a few minutes on wisdom. I've had several people ask me in 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 the last month or so, um, you know, they've come up to me and in times of counseling and just loving people in the church, they say, you know, how is it that you and pastor have such Wisdom, and you know, wisdom is not just something you go down the street and you you purchase in a corner store or you go down to Kohl's and you buy it and and you know it's, it's wisdom is not something that you can actually work for you can't you can't uh, earn it it's got it, the Bible says very simply that it's something that we just have to ask God for Amen and so I want to minister for just a few minutes on wisdom and I want to talk about the worldly wisdom which how many know worldly wisdom is not good Amen. And then there's godly wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's minister. Uh, let's read, in the, if we could, in, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 16. It says, "He who keeps the commandment commandments keeps his soul, but he who is careless of the ways of his ways, he will die." Amen. This is a pretty powerful scripture. You know, th- those that are stubborn in their ways and they want to keep their ways and live their life the way that they want to live it. The Bible is very clear. Let's go over to John, third John actually, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospereth. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray this morning and open this service up before the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful time of, of Christmas, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Father. We thank you for... The opportunity to be alive, God, to do what you've called us to do on this earth. To minister your gospel, Lord, to share the word of God and the love of Christ to all creation. Father, we thank you for this time we get together. Father, we ask that you open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people shouted, amen. 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 Be praying for me, amen. I almost lost my voice in the first service already. But um, I believe it's just the weather and the allergies and all that good stuff. Amen? Praise God. How many are awake this morning? You know, I promise I'd stay calm today. I'm not going to get loud and vicious like I like to get. Amen? I'm going to try to stay real calm. But plus my voice is helping me stay that way. Amen? So I want to help you understand what this word wisdom means. Wisdom is knowing what to do. You know, not all the time do we know what to do whether it's a right way, a right opportunity, or a wrong opportunity. You know, I remember years ago, and I told the story this morning, how years ago I I got a phone call from a guy that I used to work for, and he says, I want want to give you an opportunity. I know your work ethic. I know you worked for me for a long time, and I know what you can do. And I, I just really feel led in my heart to give you the opportunity before I give it to anybody else. And I'm sitting there listening to the guy, and he's talking to me. And he said, "I wanna, I wanna sell you my business." And he gave me a, a great price on his business, but it was a very prosperous business. It wasn't just a, you know, a small little business that I own now. It was, it was something that, that, that was, it was eye-catching. It was a, it was a bait. It was something that was put out before me that really put something in me. I wanted it. I wanted it bad. I saw the lifestyle that this man had lived, and I saw you know, he, he, he made a lot of money in what he did. And the man began to draw out all these different things. And he's, he's telling me how I can make this money and how I can do this and how I can do that. And, and I already understood it because I had worked for the guy and I knew how he operated business. So I knew without a doubt that he had everything lined up and that it would, I would fall right into the blessing of God. And I understood that. And I was so excited for it. And I even called my father-in-law one day and I was, actually several days we talked about this business. I said, I have a proposal that's been brought to me and I need your wisdom on this proposal. And I began to share with him all of the benefits of the business. And then I began to share with him, you know, the the earnings. And then I began to share with him how much it was going to cost to operate the business. How many know when you own a business, you don't just receive checks all day long. It would be nice if that was the case. Amen. But there's broken down machines and uh, employees that come with it I mean this business alone had a million dollars worth of worth of maintenance and employees alone and, and and so it was pretty heavy and I was so excited I was built up and it, the way that it was brought to me was so wonderful and I was excited about this opportunity my father-in-law who was my pastor he'd been my pastor for 45 years and uh, you know he, he's, he's he's spoken to my life many times but I was so interested in what he had to say about it because I went to a man of wisdom to get some information so that it would help me make a wise decision in my life. Everything sounded wonderful. It sounded great to me and to him. And we were both on the same page. It was so encouraging. It was wonderful. It was enticing. It was, it was a bait that was just put out in front of me that just, I mean, I was slobbering at the jaw just waiting to get to the opportunity to make this money. But see, in my mind, I'm thinking about money, I'm thinking about opportunity, I'm thinking about success. Just like a lot of us in this place today, we think about the successes of life. We think about how far we can go and how high we can climb in the, in the, in the, the ladder of success in life. Amen? And uh, so I'm getting counsel and I'm understanding this and it, it's all sounding great. And the, one of the days I called Pastor Jones and I said, I said so so is it, is it a green light? And he said something very interesting to me. He says, I think, we, I think you ought to call Papa, which is his dad. He said, I think you ought to call Papa and ask him what he thinks. Now, Papa is the ultimate uh, man of wisdom in our lives. He, he spoke into us. And, and you know, if you've have, had a grandfather that, that was spiritual, you just listened to him and you understood. And, and believe me, you just hopped it up like, you know, it was just good material, Amen. And uh, I began to share with Papa. I said, I had a business proposal come to me and it sounds wonderful. It's a great money-making opportunity. And uh, I just would like to ask your advice on this and get your wisdom from it. Papa begins to tell me, okay, tell me uh, what, do you, what is it? And I, I began to share and he, he stopped me. He says, okay, that's enough. Now, what is this one? I, and I began to tell him things. He stopped me in the middle of everything and he said, it's not of God. He said, don't do it. You know, down inside of me, there's, there was something that just rose up. It was a spirit of rebellion, as we would know it as, amen? And I began to think, well, you know what? This opportunity is so great. How could I ever pass this opportunity up? But I listened to a wise man, a man that had wisdom in his life, to understand that, you know, I can make my own decision and I can probably be, be, be successful in this area of my life because I know how to run a business. But at the same time, I took that godly wisdom because I understand that I did not want to fall on my face and then someone would be able to say to me, hey, I told you so, Amen. Can I get a bigger amen? amen? You know, now I know you guys always answer the, the, the call of God and you always do the right thing and make the right decisions. But in my life, I've had a difficult time making right decisions all the time. Amen? But we have to trust and rely on one of God's gifts, which is called wisdom. And in my opinion, I think it's one of the most important uh, things that God has for us. Amen? So wisdom is knowing what to do. It is the right use of knowledge. Amen? Right use of knowing what to do. So not just knowing what to do, but actually acting upon the right. You know, a lot of times in our lives we act upon the wrong, but, but acting upon the right. That is using wisdom. Godly wisdom is direction that comes from the Holy Spirit, amen? It comes directly from the Holy Spirit to us to bring a clear direction to you and I for the decisions that we must make in our lives. It's a very important thing, amen? See, it is God helping us to know... What to do and what not to do, which is a very important part also. Not just what to do, but what not to do. Amen? Amen? What to say and what not to say. I think God's dealt with me a lot in that area of my life. Amen? What I can say and what I shouldn't say. Or when and how to do it or say it. So there's a lot of pieces that come into play here when you're putting this puzzle together. It's an interesting... uh, word, wisdom. Amen? It's powerful. And of all the things that we desperately need from God, wisdom is one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most important uh, that we can gain a certain amount of wisdom through experience. How many know you can watch somebody, you can listen to somebody, and you can gain experience that way? You can gain wisdom by watching wise people do certain things. Amen? By listening to an old-timer that knows the truth about something. You know, I can only imagine, uh, you know, an old-timer that's been in World War II. Here he is. He's watching everything that's going on in our lives today, in our children's lives. I can imagine them at Walmart standing there and and looking at all these young generational people standing there in their pajamas in Walmart. Not just at Christmas time, but I'm talking 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 1 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, standing in a Walmart, going outside and shopping in your pajamas. Amen? I can only imagine what they want to say. It's a conversation piece. Amen? Even for me today, it is a conversation piece when I see somebody in a Walmart in their pajamas. I use the opportunity to go and stir them up. Amen? Amen? I want to stir them up. I want to, I mean, I just come up to them and I'm like, how you doing today? You know, what in the world is going on in your mind for you to be wearing pajamas here in Walmart? Amen. Now, I'm not against you wearing pajamas. That's not what I'm trying to say today. I just love to stir up the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. We just love to to cause a problem everywhere we go. And I know it's not always a good thing. I'm asking God to forgive me too. Amen. All the time. But you know, wisdom is one of the most important things and we can gain a a certain amount of wisdom through our experiences, but the wisdom from God is given to you and I when we ask and when we believe God for it. Amen? That's when we get wisdom from God. When we say, God, please give me wisdom and we believe that it is a godly wisdom. Hallelujah. You know, James chapter 1, verse 5, it says something very interesting. We're going to read through verse 7 here. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. In other words, the scripture is saying is if we will ask God for wisdom and believe that that God can give us the wisdom, that he's going to give it to you. That means he's going to help you make wise decisions. That means when you're in the middle of the process of buying a home that you probably shouldn't buy, then, then God says, if you will ask me, Not just for wisdom at that time, because hopefully you already have wisdom by that time. But if you were to say, God, please give me wisdom in making this decision, God. He's saying here that he will give you wisdom to make the right decision. And it's not always the feel-good decision, amen. It's not always the the want decision. It's not always the the, the I've never had before in my life decision that you're looking for. God has a mysterious way of talking to us. In verse 6, It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Then we jump over to James chapter 3 verse 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where ev- for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. You see, it's an amazing thing to me is it is clear from the word of God that there's a a definite contrast. There's a difference between wisdom that is from God and wisdom that is from the world. Amen. I was mentioning, you know, worldly wisdom. I was going over my title with my wife and just going over what I was going to minister. And she says, you know, there is no worldly wisdom. She's like, there's there's no worldly wisdom. I'm like, well, honey, I'm talking about wisdom that comes from the world. No, there's no worldly wisdom. You know, and and really the truth is, honey, you're right. There is no worldly wisdom that's good for us. And and the truth is, is we begin to talk about this thing where, where, you know, you've been sheltered, you've been ministered to, she was born and raised in the church. And, you know, most of the time when my wife looks so serious is because she's thinking about something. And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it's something spiritual. She's always going spiritual with something in her life. Not super spiritual, but spiritual. Amen? And we began to think about this. And, you know, there's nothing good when it's worldly. Worldly wisdom is nothing good for us. Because, you know, you can go ask, uh, you know, the sinner down the road, the ones that we covet at times and say, well, why are these sinners so wealthy? How many have ever heard somebody say that? You say, why? They don't even serve God, and everything is great in their life. They have wonderful new cars and new houses, and and you know, Pastor, I'm not doing the things I used to do, and I'm suffering, and and, and these people live so well. That's that's, that's the worldly wisdom that I'm talking about. And see, that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to be deceived, to think that if we would just live that lifestyle and and sell the things they sell and live the way they live, that we're going to be able to be successful just like they are. Do you know that at night when they lay their heads down at night, they're as miserable as anybody could be? They are seeking the Lord just like you and I are. We're asking God, Lord, is there something you can do for me? How many, be honest, how many have laid down at night and said, God, what can you do with me, Lord? I need help. I need a miracle. You see everything in your life just falling apart around you. And you say, Lord, uh, I need need a miracle. My kids are going through trials, Lord. Uh, My situation's heavy, Lord, and I can't do it on my own. You just lay there, but guess what? Those people that you think are so successful in life, they are going through the exact same thing that you're going through in your life. And one of the things God wants us to understand is that if we have Him in our lives and if we trust Him with this thing that we're talking about this morning called wisdom, that He will help us get through life. He will help us use this godly wisdom in our life so that we can be successful. See, we're not talking about some, some of the lessons of life that an older person in our life has already learned by simply living and experience, experiencing many of these things that life is definitely going to teach us. We can learn things through mistakes and experiences of, of others, like, like our parents and our grandparents, who have learned things through experiencing them. You see, it doesn't take the wisdom of God to tell us not to touch the stove. Amen? Am I, am I being real this morning? It doesn't take, a, you know, a voice from the Lord, uh, do not touch the stove. No, it's a common sense thing. We don't, we, you know, wisdom will tell you not to touch the stove because you're going to get burns. You know, if the dog is barking really bad at you, I don't care if it's a little ankle biter. You know, like last night, Christian's dog wanted to take me on to glory last night. Amen. That little tiny little fart knocker wanted to just eat me up. I don't even know where she's at. She's probably in the back over here or went to work. But glory to God, I'm telling you something. Uh, that, that dog wanted to kill me. But you know, when a dog is barking at you and going nuts over you, you, you don't just uh, go down there and lay on the floor with the dog. Wisdom kind of kicks in and says, you know, you got to use, you, use your brain a little bit, amen? Don't go down there and, and, and get to know the dog first, amen? Especially if you come to my house because we got big dogs at the house, amen? Praise God. Y'all are asleep on me this morning. I might have to just start shouting this morning, Pastor. Hallelujah. You know, I'm trying to teach you how to get closer to God. I'm trying to teach you this morning on how to cry out to God without actually crying out to God, without going through the pain and the trials and the tribulations. I'm trying to help you understand this morning that, man, if you'll just believe that wisdom comes from God and by us believing and asking God for it, He'll he'll bring it upon us, amen? He will put it on you. I'm telling you something. God will save you from making some big mistakes in your life. So the wisdom of God, it's not dependent on your age. And it's definitely not dependent on your experience. Amen. And the Bible says, in James chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, if we will ask and believe God for wisdom, that what what is he going to do? He said, he'll give it to us. How many want more wisdom? How many want godly wisdom in your life? Amen. So when you go to make a decision in your life, all you do is ask God and God will give you the answer for it. So I'm going to tell you, the worldly, the worldly wisdom is this. There are several things that will distinguish, distinguish the difference between worldly, worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Okay, Number one, the wisdom of man will never know or acknowledge God. It won't acknowledge God at all. His word, it won't acknowledge His ways. And it definitely don't want to live its ways. Amen? First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, uh, says, Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. 1 Corinthians 2:4 says this, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of and, and the power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. Number 2, man's wisdom will lift up the ways and understanding of man and not God. It'll lift up man's understanding, man's ways. Man's opportunities for your life. This is the greatest opportunity. You ever had them call you, oh, I'm telling you something, our car lot, we have the best deals today. And today only. Matter of fact, in the next 10 minutes, only if you buy this car, I'm telling you, it's got to be the red one outside. It's got to be the clean one, the shiny one. Man, it's going to be beautiful. And we're going to give you $10,000 off of it. And all you got to do is pay $39,000 for 72 years. Sign me up. That's what everybody says. Listen, that is not using God's wisdom. That's taking the wisdom of the world and saying, you know what? I want to be like the rest of them. I want to be like the Joneses and and just live my life like everybody else. You go into these big neighborhoods and you see everybody. Somebody buys a boat. I was at a lady's house doing some work the other day, and she says, "Hey, take a little bit along, take a bit more time on that on that on that uh, area of windows you're working on right there." She says, "Because my neighbor's pulling up the street right now, and he's getting ready to pull in his driveway, and he's gonna come over here, and he's gonna want exactly what you're doing for me. He's gonna want you to do it for him." And I said, ma'am, all that sounds great, but i got to get done here. i got to go. I'm on a schedule. i got to get to the next house. I'm not worried about this neighbor getting here and seeing me. She says, no, you have to wait because he's going to come over here and he's going to want to know everything about you and who you are and what you do. Everybody wants what everybody has. And they're not willing to pay the price to get it. I said, and they're not willing to pay the price to get it you know, I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's been, my wife and I, we talk all the time about it. You know, God has a sense of humor. It seems like every three years, God is just doing something new in our lives. Amen. And it's not new stuff like just, just, you know, a new pair of pants or a new shirt or new shoes. No, it is a drastic change. Amen. Claudia was, we were tormenting last night and one of the kids said something about getting sent out and Claudia was like, what did you just say? She caught it so fast. I mean, we were over at Claudia and David's just fellowshipping. But we're not getting sent out anywhere, so don't get crazy. Amen. Let's God says different. Amen. Pastor, you ain't sending me nowhere, I hope. Amen. But I, it's God that sends us. Amen. It would be God that would have to speak. So number three, let's, let's go to man's wisdom. Let's, let's go back to number two. Man's wisdom will lift up the ways and understanding of man and not God. And it says, really, in the world, it says it, it, it's marked by envy, self-seeking, by strife, by evil works, uh, and, and, and is demonically inspired. Amen? That's why we pray against demonic forces. And that's why you'll hear us in the prayer room. And uh, somebody had mentioned to me, yeah, I heard Pastor praying, you know, that uh, binding demonic forces and sorcery and witchcraft. You know, because we pray against those things because they're real. When we are carnal, when we come into the house of God, listen, we are coming out of the world from our homes and our workplaces and out in that Walmart with pajama people all over the place. And we're coming into the house of God. We have got to bind the devil that is trying to attack us in every aspect of our lives. Amen? Because you know what? We were born sinners. And if you don't believe it, just go right back here to the nursery where John's kids are. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something. They are all sinners amen we're doing our best to raise them up amen my kids say you know what dad why do we go to church so much well because we're trying to undo all the things we did when we were your age we're trying to make it right we're trying to fall in love with jesus we're trying to 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 wash wash away our sins hallelujah when we come in this place and we look a little bit fanatical we sound a little bit fanatical in this place it's because we are i met this brother over here i know he's a fanatic for jesus put your hand up right there i met him this morning his first time here hallelujah welcome by the way amen pastor i'd like to meet you after the service if you would but i'm going to tell you something you can tell when somebody's fanatical about the things of god you can tell because everything that they say is about jesus amen everything they say is about the coming of the lord and there's an excitement to it you know we've already lived on this earth we already understand what's going on right here on this earth but i don't want what's here I don't want the worldly wisdom. I want godly wisdom. Hallelujah. I want God to be able to speak into my life. uh, And I want to be able to speak from these lips uh, and from this big mouth of mine. Hallelujah. I want to be able to tell it like God says it. I want to be able to make my purchases like God would say to do it. That's why I drive old cars. That's why. Listen, there's nothing wrong with having a nice house and a new car. I'm not saying that to you. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not, I'm not, but it is wrong when you can't afford it. Right, that's right. It is wrong when you, you know, you're walking around with, with Folexes and you, you know, or, or Rolexes and you're walking around and you're walking the walk and talking the talk, even dragging the leg, you know, you got the goods. That's not who God has called us to be. We, you know, there's nothing wrong with a nice watch. Pastor loves watches. He showed me his new watch, a beautiful watch. He loves them. But you know what? That's not his God. He can go without them watches for the rest of his life. He could care less about them because the kingdom of God is what matters. Hallelujah, amen. It's the kingdom of God. It's the things we say, the things that we do. I'm telling you something. God wants to bless us. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to give us an understanding of what wisdom is. Praise the Lord. You know, there's many things that that I could talk about when it's talking about man's wisdom. You know, man's wisdom says... Don't take a stand on homosexuality or don't take a stand on drinking. Don't take a stand. You know, we've had couples leave this church. I'm talking good couples that I know where they've come from, the churches that they came out of. But the moment we tell them certain things, you know, we we take a stand against these things. Man, I'll tell you what, they look like a track star. You see the smoke and the dust behind their feet. They're gone. Ain't nobody going to tell me I can't drink. Well, you know what? Ain't nobody going to tell me I can't smoke. Well, I got news for you. If God wanted you to smoke, he'd have made you a chimney. And that's the truth. But the bottom line is that some people don't want to let go of what they have. They don't want to let go of what they used to have and ask God, what is it, God, that you have for me? I'll tell you, if you ask God, he'd probably tell you the truth. If, if you're anyone close to what connected to him, he's going to tell you the truth. And the Bible says that the truth will set you free. You know, today's wisdom, the man's today's wisdom says, don't say anything that might offend anybody. But I got news for you. God's wisdom says, "Tell them the truth." God's wisdom says, "Tell them the truth." It is only the truth that's going to set them free. It's the truth that'll set you free. Amen. That's what my Bible says. Hallelujah. So you know what? Listen, wisdom that comes from God. The Bible says in John three, 3 thirteen, we'll put it up on the screen. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct. That his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. It's got all these different scriptures. And I know I'm getting to a specific scripture here in verse 17. It says this, it says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Amen? So number one, the wisdom of God, it will confound the reasoning and understanding of man. Amen? Acts chapter 6, verse 9. It says, Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen. It said, Disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which spoke by which he spoke. In Luke chapter 21, 15, it says, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Man, I'm telling you something. It says, God, God here, here the scripture is telling us, and listen, this is all over the Bible. This is in Acts. You got many great men of God that have, that has spoken throughout this part of the Bible. And, and, and listen to me, this is what it's saying. When we listen to what God tells us to say, when we are in right standing with God, he will speak through you. He will speak into your decisions that you make. When you're disciplining your kids, instead of whipping your belt. I had a guy in my church one time, all in one motion, he ran through the air like Spider-Man, pulled his belt off his body and swung that belt and slapped his kid in front of everybody in the church. And you know, me as a pastor, I had to take my belt off and run in front of everybody and slap him across. Never mind, I didn't do that. But that's what I wanted to do. Because that's wrong. I remember Pastor Paul coming to me one time as a a young father with Landon. I would discipline him really hard. And those of you that know Landon know I have to discipline him really hard. I'm just kidding. He's a good boy. But I was disciplining him pretty hard as a young boy, as a child, as a baby. And Pastor Paul, he, 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 he grabs me one day, just like Pastor does with, with some of us in the church. He grabs his disciples, and he says, hey, let's go for a walk. And Pastor Paul gets me, and he gets me walking up this road, and the family's all back here. All the kids are running amok, and Emily and the kids are all walking back there. And, and we go ahead, and he says, come on up here. I want to talk to you about something. He says, "Now you can accept this, or you can reject it, however you want to take it, but, but I have to listen to the Lord. He said, the way you're disciplining Landon, I want you to know it's, it's, it's pretty gruesome. He says, you're hard on him. You're letting your past come out on the way that you discipline your son. And I'm not like a lot of people where they get bitter and angry and mad when somebody says something to me like that. Because I understand where I came from. And I don't like to talk about it. Because I'm not giving any glory to the devil. But he said... But Pastor Paul's known me since I was a young boy, a little boy in the church. And he, he knows where I come from and what life I lived and all that stuff. And he says to me, he says, you're, you're, you're bringing out all your pain and disciplining your child. And many other words were spoken into my life. They were words of wisdom that spoke into my life. And he was a young youth pastor at the time. He wasn't even our senior pastor that you saw on the screen today. But he was a young youth pastor at the time and began to speak into my life and I'm telling you something, it changed my life because I began to see my son a different way. He wasn't my enemy, he was my son. He was my gift from God to me and to our home and to our family. And I began to minister and speak. It wasn't about whipping a, ripping a belt off and swinging across the room and, and whipping his backside to, to straighten him up and tell him, this is the way you're going to do it. You're going to do it my way. No, they will do it your way. They'll do it exactly the way you do things. They're going to do it exactly the way you do things. And so I had to get the simple revelation that God gave me using wisdom because I asked for it. And, and when you ask for wisdom, you're going to hear people speak in your life that you're not going to like to really hear. That's right. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. And it's going to cause you to change who you are so that you can see a difference in who you're trying to correct. Yes. correct. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And that's what God does is He begins to change us because we ask Him for wisdom and understanding and we asked Him, we went to the throne of God and we said, Lord, please change me, God. Give me wisdom. Help me get out of debt. Do you know that, Do you know that poverty is a sin? The spirit of poverty is a sin. Not to be without. There's lots of people. We go without things. There's times we go without stuff. There's a lot of things that I want that I, can't, that I won't go by. I just won't do it, but when when you're bound by the spirit of poverty, it is a sin, and and, and we're going to be preaching on that this year. There's no doubt. In some point or time, we're going to be preaching on that, because I know that I'm already I'm already stirred up about it. I'm working on something. I might need your help on it, Pastor. But I'm, I'm I'm doing some. You know, you wrestle and you fight, try to put a word together. It's not easy, but the spirit of poverty is a sin. And many times we are living our lives in a spirit of poverty, trying to call ourselves men and women of God. And the truth of the matter is is God wants to deliver us. He wants to get us out of that that poverty life that we're living in. And that poverty life could be, maybe you're still living in your old ways. It could maybe you're living in your in your sinful way. And God wants to deliver us all from that, amen. So the second was the wisdom of God will produce lasting and enduring results forever, for good. The decision will bring us closer to Jesus and to do his will. Yes. I said the decision, making the decision will bring us closer to his will. Amen? Proverbs 24.3, through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. Isn't that powerful? Luke 7.35, But wisdom is justified by all her children. That's the results of wisdom. Amen? So when a person is making decisions, and we're going to close, our musicians are coming. Amen? When a person is making decisions that affect their life based upon the wisdom of God, then the results and lasting effects of those decisions, they will be godly decisions they will be godly decisions and, and enduring. That means forever and ever. Hallelujah, amen. And if a person makes big decisions in their life, uh, and that decision leads them to their family, leads their family away from God, then that decision was based upon worldly and demonic wisdom. So God's wisdom doesn't cause us to lose family members. It doesn't cause us for someone to walk, backslide, and go off into the world. You know, God, there's a blessing behind godly wisdom. Amen? There's a blessing. You say, well, I don't understand what you're trying to say. Listen, God's wisdom is enduring. It's forever. He will give it to you. It's like speaking in tongues. I heard a man the other day tell me, I don't speak in tongues anymore. I lost it. What do you mean you lost it? Turn around, you'll find it. You don't lose the Holy Ghost. I said, maybe you walked out of God's will. Maybe you did this. Maybe you did that. But you didn't lose the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is there. You just got to find Him and begin to practice. Begin to speak in tongues. Begin to worship the Lord. Begin to shout unto God. Begin to thank God for the goodness of the land. Hallelujah. Too many times we're looking at the problems in our life instead of looking at the goodness of God in our life. You see, God has so much for us. Amen. Give the Lord praise. You see, we must get godly wisdom from God and God alone yes. and godly people. Amen? God uses people to bless us. It's not found naturally. How many know that? It's, godly wisdom is not found naturally in our hearts because, you know what, we want everything and we want it now. We're going to have to ask God. You know, I, I know some Christians, they, they go from one church to the next. They don't care what church they're in. I know nobody's like that here in this church or online here. I know nobody's like that. They're all dedicated to Victory World Outreach that I'm speaking to today. I'm just saying this just in case somebody squeaked in, amen. But, you know, we got to use godly wisdom in every, in every decision we make. My kids are serving God because we didn't give them a choice to go to church or not. We didn't say, hey, are you ready to, are you okay? You ready, to, you ready to come to church? How you doing today? How's your attitude today? You ready to go to church? No, I don't want to go to church. What do you mean you don't want to go to church? We're going to church. We don't ask our kids, are you going to church? Our kids, they were raised on drugs all their life. We drug them to church. <laughs> Amen. We drug them to church. We went to church because we knew that God was going to do something powerful in our lives when we, when we entered into that building and surrendered our own self-will, the worldly wisdom, and we began to receive God's wisdom in our lives. He began to do a new work in us. Amen. Amen. He begins to open up visions and dreams and desires, begin to change, and God will do that in your life. I promise you that, amen? I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in this place this morning. The presence of the Lord is in this house. He's here today, and he wants to help us all, every one of us. You see, when we make wise decisions, we need to make sure that these wise decisions that we're making are based upon the wisdom of God. We will see the results that we never thought we could ever see in our life. You'll begin to make godly decisions. You'll begin to make decisions in your life that will last forever. It's not like buying a gallon of milk from the store and tomorrow it's all gone. The blessings of the Lord never leave. The promises of God are still alive. I know for a fact there's some people in our home church, mind you I've been in this fellowship for 45 years, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about this morning. There's been families, and I'm going to say this, I know the Holy Spirit's going to clean up my mouth a little bit and and it's going to help me, but there's been families in our home church that have said, nobody's going to tell me not to send my kids to college. We're not going to tell you not to send your kids to college. We won't tell you that. I didn't send my kids to college because I didn't like what the college had to offer my kids. We believe in education. And and, and pastor can give us correct counsel on this. and, and And if you ever want to talk about it, we'd be glad to sit down and talk. But we're not telling you not to send your kids to college. We're saying that these kids need to be ready to go to college, spiritually. I know many families in our home church, they said, I'm sending my kid no matter what anybody says to me. And they sent them off, but you know what they did? They sent them off to a whirlwind, a spiritual battle for the rest of their life. And not saying that any of our kids, God forbid, that anything would ever happen to us, but you know what, when we disobey the things of God, the circumstances are not good. I'm not even going to get into the circumstances. And I'm not saying going off to college and and being protected is, listen, if, if that child can stay saved, man, glory to God. I tell you what, there are cases where it's happened, I know. And it does happen. But right now we have an opportunity. We're having a hard enough time keeping them safe in our own homes. I'm not going into the social media message this morning, but you know that we let, we let the telephones over 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 consume us in our lives. And I'm not even talking about the fun and the good stuff and the dancing and the good old ha- happy stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that we know that we should not even be touching. When we talk about wisdom, when I minister on this. Title This subject called Wisdom. You know what? God gives us wisdom in what we look at and what we don't look at as well. The things that we say, the things that we do, the, the, the people we talk to, the people we hang around with. And I believe the voice of the Lord this morning is saying, if we would be silent and listen to the voice of God, He says, Be silent and listen to my voice. And I'll speak into you and dwell in you for eternity. God is a mighty God. Before we go any farther this morning, we're going to have an opportunity to to pray in just a moment at this altar and get a hold of God and talk to the Lord and strengthen ourselves and ask for this thing called wisdom. But right now, in this very moment, I want to give you an opportunity. You're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. I'm away from the Lord, and I want to be saved. If that is you this morning, I want you just to slip your hand right up and slip it back down. I want to pray for you. If that's you, put it up. Put it right back down. Come on, I want to pray for you this morning. We love you this morning. God loves you this morning. And his desire is to see every person here today saved and ready to make heaven their home if you were to go out of this place today and God forbid anything happened to any of us, but we don't know, we're not promised tomorrow. Oh, don't scare me pastor. No, I'm not trying to scare you. Sometimes maybe you do need to be scared to go to heaven, to go into heaven, get, scare, scare them into heaven because hell is real, it's a real place. And even the Christians in the church at times are playing with the devil They're flirting with sin in their life. And God is saying today is the perfect opportunity for you to come home. How many all over this place? Left to right, front to back. Just lift that hand up and put it right back down if that's you. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet. Amen. Hallelujah. I saw your hand, brother. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? There's no doubt in my mind. Brother, I want to pray for you. Come on down here. I want to pray for you, brother. Bring your whole family down. I want to pray for you guys. Jesse, come on down here. Elena, come on down, please. Yeah, I want to pray. Praise God. I want to pray for you guys. You know, you are a special gift in God's eyes. This, this family right here. Matter of fact, even before you lifted your hand, I felt the presence of God all over your life. And I know you. I've met you before. You've been here But God is saying something today to you that's very different. And it's not just a circumstantial thing. It's not something that you've been through. This is you and God. There's something going on between you and Him. I believe that in my spirit. I believe that God is working in you right now. And it's a decision-making thing. And there's no doubt in my mind that God has given me the confidence to say to you today, it is the right decision. The right decision. You need to say yes to God. He says, say yes to me, and it'll be forever. You will endure forever. He said, my blessings will fall upon you forever. You will not have to worry. You won't have to worry. You won't have to suffer. you believe that? That's the God that we serve today. Let's pray. Church, if you just reach your hands toward this young man online, if you're listening this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with us. Let's all repeat. Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. To be my personal savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. And save me. Make me a brand new person. Lord, from this moment forward. I'm going to trust you. My desire is to serve you. My desire is to live for you. Not to live for this world. But to live for you, God. And I declare with my voice today that I will serve you and I will give my life to you right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the devil. I take authority over him in Jesus' name. I will serve the Lord from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right here. Stay right here and pray. Talk to the Lord, amen. Man, let me tell you something. Church, I'm going to open up this altar this morning. I want you to come down to this altar. Listen, this is real. Amen? This is real. Now, I'm not going to tell you if you come down here and pray that you're going to walk out of here feeling like a million dollars, but I'm going to tell you something. You can leave your burdens at the cross, and you can leave them there. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Come on down. Let's pray. Let's worship the Lord this morning for a few minutes. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.